0: You're listening to the International Continent Society podcast. ICS is the leading international multidisciplinary organization for medical professionals working in the field of incontinence. ICS provides the latest scientific and clinical updates to professionals
1: in the field. This is Howard Goldman, and I'm excited to be talking about the Roundtable And we will be putting together at this year's ICS in Toronto. So what we're going to be discussing are some new neuromodulation technologies that are coming out either via research or via industry in the treatment of overactive bladder. And I think as we know, there's a lot going on in this space. And what we're going to talk about is not only sort of what's going on that most of you might be aware of, but some of the things that are really still in the lab, in testing that we might see in the next few years. So we have a very good faculty, and I'll just run through the names, but then we'll let them introduce each other as we get to them. But we have the president of the ICS, John Hisacker from Maastricht. We have Dean Alterman, local from Toronto. We have Rose Kavari from Houston. And last but not least, we have Evgeny Praden from Southern California, from Los Angeles. So why don't we start with Rose? Um, Dr. Kavari, you've been very involved in research research, in patients with neurogenic bladder disease, but more specifically with some sort of transcortical modulation. Can you can you tell us about that and why that might be important for people attending this uh, roundtable? Of course. Well, Howard, please call me, Rose. Um,
2: so I look at the spectrum of the disease. Um, yes, a lot of our work has been in the multiple sclerosis patients, but actually we have done studies on overactive bladder patients, um, women. We've also looked at patients with BPH, because many times we treat their outlet, but they still have overactive bladder symptoms after we relieve their outlet. So we've looked at those individuals as well, mainly to see what areas of the brain control the regions that are involved either in the storage or bladder emptying. So We're trying to look beyond the bladder or bladder targets to see what's going on in the brain. Is there anything superficial that we can modulate non-invasively to be able to restore the brain function? And then at the end of the day, help with lower urinary tract symptoms.
1: So I don't want to give away everything you're going to talk about at the actual roundtable, but can you give us a little hint of perhaps what you've seen so far?
2: So, um, yes, so actually non-invasive brain stimulation is commonly used for other diseases like stroke recovery. It's actually FDA cleared for depression, Um, but in the the realm of lower urine tract, nobody has really looked at it. And we decided to look at it and it's pretty, it's much more complex than we thought, but I think we're getting somewhere. I think we have some preliminary data that there is a way to modulate some of these regions to be able to help with bladder symptoms.
1: So could you see that potentially at some point uh, down the road becoming a viable treatment option for patients? We're just starting our randomized clinical trial, so hopefully. That sounds very interesting. Um, Evgeny, tell us about uh, what, what you're doing, what you're going to talk about, why it's relevant.
3: Absolutely. Thanks so much for inviting me to the roundtable. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to, uh, to be joining you guys in Toronto this year. Uh, but um, uh, I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, uh, one of the leaders uh, and one of the fathers of spinal cord stimulation since I started out as a uh, as an attending in urology, Dr. Reggie Edgerton, who um, uh, really came up with this idea that stimulating the spinal cord can actually restore function in patients with spinal cord injury, and that's how uh, this idea was born. Uh, Reggie posited many years ago that the spinal cord has regions that are autonomously controlling functions that are rhythmic like walking defecation urination and he's been working for decades on showing this in an animal model and uh when i was graduating from fellowship i was lucky enough to you know look for a research project uh in uh, uh in urology and reggie was looking for a urologist to translate some of the work that he's been working that he's been doing in uh in animals to a human model uh and this is how that's how this collaboration began uh we've uh, we've realized that um Restoration of lower urinary tract function is a huge priority for patients with spinal cord injury. This is how we started uh, doing this work, stimulating uh, centers in the spinal cord to try to restore bladder function, improve bladder function. Uh, and since then, we've expanded our work to uh, uh, patients with other types of neurogenic bladder, patients with stroke, patients with multiple sclerosis. And uh, additionally, have looked also with at patients with overactive bladder, patients who are able-bodied. Uh, like Dr. Kavari, we've looked at uh, neuroimaging uh, studies uh, and neuroimaging changes after stimulation and I've found some exciting, uh, some, some exciting results showing that uh, after stimulation, some patients exhibit uh, changes in brain activity that are associated with a normal phenotype of micturition.
1: And so this is very different from sacral neuromodulation that I guess many of us are used to where you have to put in needles and the lead and things like that. This is transcutaneous or is this with some kind of water?
3: So there are uh, two directions in spinal cord stimulation. The, uh, the spinal cord stimulation that uh, Reggie has been working on for the last 10 years or so is transcutaneous, so it's non-invasive, uh, using a, a, a specific waveform to penetrate the investing tissues of the spinal cord and actually get to the spinal cord. Uh, of course, uh, Reggie's work also led to implantable spinal cord stimulators in companies like Onward in Switzerland are based on the science that uh, that he generated a few decades ago.
1: Okay, so a lot of, sounds like there are a lot of different options out there. Absolutely. Good. All right. And um, John, you're working with uh, implantable tibial nerve stimulation, and I know there's actually been a lot of interest in that area. There are a lot of different companies looking at it. What can you tell us more about that?
4: Classically, we know that sacral modulation is the treatment of choice. Afterwards, came PTNS, peripheral tibial nerve stimulation. And now we have new developments, for instance, with tibial nerve implants. That means that we can put a very small implant activated from the outside at the tibial nerve, and that's at the ankle level, where after patients can activate this implant itself from outside with an external stimulator. And then they have the same effect as is done with needles that have to be put in that nerve, put through the skin every week. So these these new developments make it possible to treat our patients more patient-friendly and they will most likely accept our treatment better and we have also better results. So I want to invite you to come to this round table and discuss with us these new developments in neuromodulation for overactive bladder complaints.
1: And Dean... So Dean is from Toronto and Dean has been involved in a lot of different uh, studies in the area of lower urinary tract function. I know he's been involved in some research and some studies on new techniques and new ways of doing sacral neuromodulation. Dean, tell us more about that.
0: Thanks, Howard. That's right. There have been a lot of advances in the field of sacral neuromodulation over the last couple of years uh, that we're certainly going to highlight at the upcoming ICS. So as you know, we've had a real advancement going from primary cell batteries to rechargeable batteries over the last five to six years and of course now we have longer longevity long lasting batteries that are primary cell and so batteries can be put in without the need to charge and then of course they're lasting 10 to 15 years um what's really exciting uh, beyond the uh, area of tibial that john is go- is talking about uh, is the sacral uh, space and of course Uh, We're going to be seeing uh, smaller batteries. We're going to be seeing different ways of uh, sensing and uh, interacting with the nerve. Uh, One exciting technology uses uh, midfield technology. This is the new spare device where essentially uh, a small electrode is placed, but it is without a lead. It is leadless and also IPG. There's no battery. And so you're able to transmit enough energy through the skin Uh, transcutaneously down to this lead that can hold just a little bit of charge and it will be able to give a good stimulation um, episodically. And so it's almost a wearable that you can wear uh, on the back in a small belt, for example, or under your clothes. And it will just be able to charge this very small uh, lead uh, that is placed right next to the the nerve, the S3 nerve, of course. And so I think we're going to increasingly be seeing a lot of new adaptations to technology. Of course we also have a better understanding of how neuro- sacral neuromodulation works. Uh, we know that uh, there's been some very good studies looking at subsensory thresholds and the ability to stimulate the nerve uh, at a level which is below that uh, sensed by uh, people. And we, we believe that that actually works very well. And so I think at this year's ICS, which I'm so happy to be uh, having occur in my in my hometown of Toronto, Uh, We're going to have a really excellent roundtable discussion on all things neuromodulation and all the exciting uh, advancements that will be coming forward uh, in the space of uh, sacral neuromodulation uh, that I'll be speaking
1: on. All right. So I think we've heard uh, what to expect. I think there are a lot of exciting things. This is an area of uh, the treatment of lower urinary tract function that I think is evolving quite rapidly. And we look forward to seeing all of you at ICS in Toronto and seeing all of you at our roundtable. Thank you.
2: But I just want to tell um, the people who are attending ICS to really consider coming to our workshop because there was a time that we had plenty of options to give our patients for over overactive bladder. We have all sorts of anticholinergic drugs that we could just pick one and give it to them. And now with all the concerns about cognition and memory issues, patients don't want it. We really don't have that many options anymore. And... The other group of medication beta three agonists, they may not be as effective or the compliance may not be that great. So I think as a community, we need to learn more and do more, to have more options to treat lower urine tract symptoms and overactive bladder. And I think this avenue of neuromodulation is just starting, but as we learn more as a group, we should be able to target different levels um, that um, that controls the bladder. and um, And hopefully we'll get to see you and we can, Brainstorm together and collaborate and um, enjoy Toronto.
0: International Continent Society podcast. Find out more about the leading organization in multidisciplinary continents research and education at ics.org.